Now, I told you to give Rhonda the beating that I would have. And you came pretty close. Of course, if it was the champ in there, Ronnie wouldn't have been standing the next night. Now, I asked you to step up, but I'm not sure you know who you is. Because it took you channeling me to take it to the Raw Women's Champion. You just went from copying your old man to copying the man. You're a bootleg, Becky, trying to take what's mine again, and I won't have it. But at least, at least you're not pretending anymore. I'm glad I was able to beat the phoniness out of you the last few months. Hello and welcome to the official Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel. This is your 30th of November edition of the Wrestling Newspaper. So in the first half of the show, we're going to be talking about everything that happened on Raw and SmackDown from earlier in this week. Later on, we will talk about probably the, the main story that's gone on in the world of pro wrestling, which has been the situation over here in the UK with rumours going around, well, it's more than rumours, that WWE are blocking contracted wrestlers from appearing on the independent scene over here in the UK. Um, We're also going to be talking about the NXT taping spoilers from Wednesday. We're going to be running down the matches that you'll be able to see from that when it airs. Um, We've got an interesting Chris Jericho story, and as well as that, we've got all the news from everything else in the world of pro wrestling. Um, We're also going to talk about what's going on this weekend as well. But when we come back, we're going to start by talking about Monday Night Raw. We'll be back in a short second. Okay, back here on the show. Um, Now, I didn't watch Raw. Not live, anyway. Um, I had a football game on Tuesday night, it was, so I watched that when I got back. So before I went on the football, I thought, I'll put a quick poll up on the Wrestle newspaper. That's at Wrestle News, P-A-P-R followers on Twitter, so I put the poll up on the Wrestle Newspaper Twitter, just to get, see what people thought about Raw, see what I was in for, now usually on these polls, it's very split, we might get one that has 30-40% in the lead, because we have four options, two ticks, one ticks, zero ticks, minus ticks, so out of the four, usually one might win by 30-40%, but as I'm on the football, checked, and minus ticks was on 70%. I thought, oh, bloody hell, this is going to be a long, long show when I get back from football. So I thought, I'm definitely going to be... Sk- I always skip parts of Raw, actually. Um, so anyway, so I'm going to sum up. To be honest, I personally, I didn't think it was the worst Raw you'll ever see. It wasn't great, let's be honest. But there's been a lot worse Raws for me. Anyway, the Raw that I attended in Manchester... That, for one, was a lot worse than this for me. Um, Now, I think one of the reasons with this is, obviously, if I was watching live three hours full of adverts, full of filler, I think, yeah, I'd probably feel the same as everyone else. However, obviously, I watch it. I skip through the bits that I'm not interested in. Maybe that's not right to do, but I'm not going to sit and watch this for three hours because rarely you get segments that are must-see throughout the show. Um, so, yeah, my advice would be, if you're not liking Raw, record it, watch it on an hour delay if you feel like it, and just skip through the stuff you don't want to see, and it'll make for a better show. So, a lot of people, they prefer, I prefer SmackDown, so I'm one of these, but a lot of people do prefer SmackDown, and I think, if you take the best three, four segments slash matches from Raw, and condense them into a two-hour period, I don't think the show would be as bad Um do you know what I mean? Because you've got on SmackDown, you've got three or four interesting segments that happen, but there's also there's not a lot of filler in between. So you're not waiting half an hour, forty five minutes for this. It's like a when when I was at SmackDown in the UK. Sorry, to keep going back to this. But when I was at SmackDown in the UK, and um, the show it flew. I was sat there and I thought, wow, as if it's the main event already, whereas Raw, I'm checking my phone, I'm thinking, wow, am I going to be here for the rest of my life? Whereas at SmackDown, it flew. So yeah, SmackDown do have the advantage with having the two-hour time slot ahead of the three-hour time slot. That said, it's no excuse, really, for the some of the stuff that they put. I'm just going to skip ahead. I'm going to go through Raw, but I'm just going to skip ahead just to a segment halfway through Raw. Now, this was probably taking up 40 minutes or so of Raw. We had Corbin and Alexa Bliss in a backstage segment. 
That was followed by a Nia Jax promo that was then followed by an AOP versus Rude and Gable match, which the crowd was dead for. That was then followed by Ember Moon versus Alicia Fox, which leads into No Way Jose versus Jinder Mahal. Now, everything that I've just mentioned, it just doesn't have any interest for me whatsoever, really. Obviously, the Nia Jax promo, you're probably going to see Ronda and stuff, so it's not too bad. But the other stuff that I've just mentioned, that's taking up, that's probably took up over an hour of the show. Do you know what I mean? When you've got an hour halfway through the show of that, that hour is going to kill the crowd for me. And it, it's just, I, I breathed through it in 20 minutes. So obviously the people who watched the full hour of that, adverts included, they're probably not, that's probably where the minus ticks have come from. Because that hour, hour and 10, hour and 20 minutes of the show, it's just, it's unbearable really. Do you know what I mean? I can't actually understand how anyone could sit through that every week. So like I'm a big WWE fan, but I can't sit through three hours of Raw. I just can't. I'd have to be doing other stuff. But anyway, so we're going to get into Raw. We're going to get into it. And it opens up with Baron Corbin, also known as Constable Corbin, um, Lashley and I can't think, Mac- McIntyre in the ring. So those three are in the ring bragging about last week. And I thought this segment was actually pretty good. It goes half an hour. A lot of people think the Baron Corbin stuff is boring, but I can see what his appeal in the ring isn't good, but I think he's done a good job as the constable. Now, I know a lot of people disagree with that, but I think it's been perfectly fine. The alliance of Corbin, Lashley and McIntyre, I think it's been pretty good, especially on this show. Um, But I think your only problem that you've got with it is... Um, what was it, three months ago, we had Strowman, Ziggler and McIntyre, which for me, I wasn't a fan of, that was a bit too thrown together, whereas this is actually a story merged, the three people that don't really like Lashley, and there's a reason, we know why Lashley and McIntyre are backing Corbin, it's because they want to support the general manager and get on his good side, whereas the Strowman, Ziggler, McIntyre stuff didn't really do much for me, and there was no purpose behind it however this i feel like this is a bit but i think this would have benefited if that hadn't happened which i've already said um so anyway these three the blagging bragging in the ring and the camera goes to braun and braun says that he'll be back and hopefully for tlc and i probably i think he will make it back but i think they do have backup plans in case he's not there's been rumors of a multi-man match with corbin but they wouldn't surprise me i was thinking about this I think if Strowman doesn't make it, they'll probably just replace him with Kurt Angle. Because that would make sense, Angle defeating Corbin to take the GM position off Corbin. As I think that makes even more sense than possibly him facing Strowman. But yeah, so they're back talking in the ring, Corbin. And then Elias interrupts. He talks about Maverick pissing himself. Brilliant. He talks about Bobby Trashley. But then, to be fair to him, um, he plays a nice little tune, which gets a decent reaction about Bobby Lashley sucks, which yeah, it was it was actually it was all right. This leads to a Lashley versus Elias match. Now these two, they're not they're not the best in the ring, but they kept it short. Sorry about that. They kept it short. It was a it was a role reversal actually, as these two were facing with Lashley as the face and Elias as the heel a couple of months ago. But yeah, so they keep it short. Elias is so over with the crowd. You've got to note that he's he's up there with me with Seth Rollins at the moment. He's so over, and for me, it's just a shame that he's not a better worker in the ring because he's got his character down to a T. His character is absolutely fantastic at the moment. He's so over, but yeah, I mean, I'm, he, he then after the match, I think he has Lashley beat at one point, so he's got Lashley beat. Corbin then turns it into a no DQ match. We have a three-on-one beatdown. And at this point, I'm thinking, who's going to come out and save Elias? Is it Rollins? But obviously, Rollins is in the segment later. No, nobody comes out to help Elias. And he, he gets a beatdown for about 10 minutes. And this was, to be fair, I'm not a big fan of long beatdowns. The one on Strowman last week, I didn't particularly enjoy. However, this one was brilliant. We had uh, McIntyre hitting his finish on Elias, we had 
Corbin instructing Lashley to do the run round the ring into the charge that Braun Strowman does. That was brutal, brutal spear. This was a really good beatdown. The three stand tall in the ring. A lot of people didn't like this, but I did. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a good start to the show. And I'm thinking, I don't know what everyone's on about on Twitter, but that soon changed. Another, another point which I've noticed wonder why Ziggler wasn't with McIntyre. Are they sort of breaking those two apart at the moment? Are they going to go their own ways? I'm sure there's going to be the turn at some point, but... Yeah. Um, they've also... Another note, they've had to... They've got to brand everybody on this damn show. Bobby Lashley is now the almighty Bobby Lashley. Jesus Christ. Do, do they need to brand everything? It's Bobby Lashley. We all know who Lashley is. He doesn't need a dumb name to brand him, but they want the t-shirt, it's not that anyone's going to buy a Lashley t-shirt, but, so it, Lashley is now the almighty, we will hear this every show from Michael Cole, 30 times, 40 times a show, so yeah, anyway, so we're, we get announced that the main event of the show is Finn Balor against Corbin, now for me, this would be where Balor had beat Corbin, Elias had come out and helped Balor, you might have Rollins come out, even in the score up later on, but we'll get into that later. Um, yeah, so we've gone through what happens next. The Night of Jack's promo, where Ronda comes out. Ronda does all right in this promo, and Natalia makes the save, which they brought back up the Ronda-Natalia alliance, which is interesting, because that had gone quiet recently. And yeah, that was it was fine. Night of Jack, she's not a good promo, so it was fine, I suppose. Um, we also said about AOP beating Rude and Gable... Um, this match ended, I'm sick of reading out the results of these AOP matches with the dumb ending. This match ends when Drake Maverick steals Bobby Roode's robe and takes a piss on it. The crowd are absolutely dead for this match. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, Attitude Era, this sort of stuff would be fine. I, I think the world's moved on. I don't really need to see a grown man pissing on someone else's robe. Some people, I'm sure, liked it. I'm not, I'm not sure where they are, what they're doing, or where their point at life is. But, hey, some people may have enjoyed it. I'm sure Vince and Kevin Dunn got a great kick out of it. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, I've got a note here. Raw Live is so boring. We've already got into that. It is more boring live, for me, than on TV. Because at least when you're live... I mean, I mean, at least when you're at home, you can go and make a sandwich, go and make a drink, talk to someone, go and stir at the wall, which is better than some of these segments they're putting on. Um, but when you're in your arena, you're stuck in that seat, unless you want to walk around the arena and go and buy overpriced food, drinks, overpriced merchandise. But yeah, Raw Live is boring. With that said, I'll probably be back next year. Well, I'm at the New York Barclays Centre Raw, so yeah, I'll be there. Probably complaining there, as we all love to do. Um, yep, so we've gone through Ember Moon against Alicia Fox. Uh, no Way Jose against Jinder Mahal. Jesus Christ, sounds like a main event card, doesn't it? Ember Moon. Ember Moon. I'm going to get into Ember Moon. I love Ember Moon. I think she's great. She's got a, she was really good in NXT. She's got great theme music. She can go in the ring. Right, and one of the problems that I'm going to quickly go off topic and get into, right... When a talent is called up from NXT, right, you've got to bear in mind there's two million, two, two and a half million people watch Raw, right? How many of those watch NXT? Not a big percentage. I remember back in the day when someone had joined the main roster, right? They'd build them up. They would let you know who they are, sort of like NXT do. NXT UK do this as well. They show you who this person is for a few weeks. Not on Raw, not on Raw, you don't get this. You're just expected to have watched NXT, which I do, but not a lot of people in the grand scheme of things do. Ember Moon, she just appears on the main roster, and that's it. From the week, the following week, we don't know who she is. She's just in matches, she's not in real feuds. There is no reason why people cheer for Ember Moon, except that she's really good. But there's no story behind it, I think. With the NXT just like calling people up, it, it allows the people who book Raw to be lazy and not introduce the new characters in the right way. It happened with Ember Moon, it happened with AOP, Bobby Roode still hasn't had a big story in over a year, Finn Balor to an extent. If you didn't watch NXT, you're wondering what's the fuss about with Finn Balor, who was actually good in the main event of this show, but 
when a star transitions from NXT to the main roster, they just don't do the job of who this guy is. Do you know what I mean? The basic audience are just wondering why he's getting cheered or she's getting cheered. So, yeah, I think they need to work on the transition from NXT to main roster a little bit better and just just let the audience know who they are. Not everyone is a big fan that watches NXT like us. So, finally, anyway, after all this shite, sorry about that, but shite, we finally get a good match. Now, they have, they have the Seth Rollins Open Challenge. I don't, I'm not sure if they needed to do the Open Challenge, but I think they're going to use this in the eventual Rollins-Lesnar feud. They're going to say that Rollins does this, whereas Lesnar doesn't, but the crowd fall flat when it's Dolph Ziggler. They've seen this match so many times. I put a tweet up. People were saying, is it Velveteen Dream? Is it EC3? Is it someone is getting called up, an open challenge issues excitement, and when it's just someone who's on every week, it's going to put the crowd down, but to be fair to them, by the end of this match, the crowd are on their feet, it's a really good match, I really enjoyed this match, this was one of the better matches, it was probably second to the 30 minute no contest match on Raw, uh, at the start of summer, it was a lot better, I, don't even get me started on that Iron Man match, that was terrible for me, but this was a good match, and my favourite part about this match, Seth Rollins gets the win with his superplex Falcon Arrow. Brilliant. We need more of this. A wrestler doesn't have to win every match with their finishing move. This happens more in New Japan. They can win with other moves. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to be sat there watching a Seth Rollins match knowing the only way that he's going to win is via the stomp, or whatever it's been branded now. The stomp. The curb stomp, for God's sake. The stomp a roll-up, they're the only way Seth Rollins can win a match, but now he's got something else to his arsenal, as the Superplex Falcon Arrow, which is so over with the crowd, is now a viable finish, so they've done that brilliantly to get that over, I shit on WWE at times, brilliant, this was great booking, great stuff, I enjoyed this, Superplex Falcon Arrow is over, and now it's going to be even more over, um, I'm going to go ahead with this, give Rollins the match with Lesnar at WrestleMania. They've got to give this match. We need to see this match at WrestleMania. Rollins is so over. It's just, for me, got to be the match. Sorry, my cat always seems to decide to run into the room while I'm trying to do one of these podcasts. So anyway, yeah, so I want to see Rollins-Lesnar at WrestleMania. For me, that is the match that needs to take place. Anyway, so... After that match, we have the Alexa, Bailey, and Sasha Banks segment. Oh, this, this segment, it was... It, I don't even know what to say. It just wasn't great. It was a poor segment. They have the plant in the crowd. The crowd in the arena, they aren't happy. They know she's a plant. The oh, Bailey's talking about how Alexa can go back to hell... They sort of seem to try and tease tension between Bailey and Sasha. They're going to do that. Just turn, oh my God, please. Just turn Sasha Banks heel. Turn her heel. She's a heel. You turn all these great baby faces like Johnny Gargano, Daniel Bryan heel. Sasha Banks is a heel. Turn her heel. She's stale as anything as a baby face. She's great. She's a great wrestler. She is. She should be the headliner, top three headliners in this women's quote-unquote evolution she should be one of the top people i'm itching to see face ronda against heel sasha i think that'd be great and but anyway so there's a beat down on bailey and sasha what what is this about dana brooke i watched starcade last night okay right dana is on the baby face team she's hugging bailey and sasha the next night She's just out there with the heels attacking Bailey and Sasha. I couldn't believe it. There was no reference to it, no turn. Did they just forget if Dana was face a heel? To be fair, I would have done if I hadn't watched Starcade, but bizarre, bizarre stuff here. Terrible segment. Anyway, the main event is Finn Balor against Baron Corbin. It's pretty much the same script as the opening match of Elias. Do you know what I mean? Corbin changes the match when Balor has it won. McIntyre comes out, pins Balor in the middle of the ring. One, two, three. Felt sorry for Balor. He was a really good babyface here. I don't really see the hype behind Balor in his WWE run. 
Obviously, he was good in NXT, great in New Japan, but he's not done much in WWE on the main roster since coming back from the injury. Sorry about that. However, here, he was really good, really good baby face. I thought he was brilliant in this match. Um, it, it was fine, it was fine. I think the show should have ended, however, with, as I said before, Balor getting one over on Corbin, Elias helping out, but no. But to be fair to him, Corbin, McIntyre, and lastly, end the show, standing tall, they've got over. The main point purpose of this Raw, right, is to get over this stable. The three of these guys, they've got them over. They're going to be booed next week, which is great. Do you know what I mean? I think they've done a good job of getting them over. Now, I enjoyed the opening segment of this show with the Corbin, Lashley and McIntyre stuff. The end segment of this show... And the middle part with Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler. I thought it, those three segments were good. Everything else isn't worth watching. Now, as I said, condense that into a shorter period. You've got a good show. Stretch it apart. Fill it in with loads of crap in the middle. And you've got a minus ticks show. So, for me, I'm not going to... My grade on this raw, I'm not going to be like everyone else and go minus ticks. I'm just going to say zero ticks. There was some stuff that was fine. There was a really good Seth Rollins-Dolph Ziggler match. It was fine. There was a lot of crap on it, but that bit was fine. It was just a, it was a okay at best raw. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. Anyway, after this quick music break, we will be back talking everything about Tuesday night SmackDown live. Hello, back on the show, and now we're going to be talking about Smackdown Live. My cat's all away now, I think she's in the other room, so we should be able to crack on with the podcast. Right, let's get into Smackdown. Um, the opening segment, which you heard, I think, at the start of the show, you heard Becky Lynch had to say, great lines from Becky. We're going to start with the big news, Becky Lynch is back. She appears to be cleared if not, she's well, she must be cleared. She is in the TLC main event against Charlotte and another person. That person ends up being the winner of the Battle Royal on SmackDown, which is Oscar. I don't think people who can't understand my accent from around here, we just say Oscar. I can't say how everyone else says it. It's Oscar. Anyway, not the Chelsea player. Anyway, well, not Chelsea anymore. The crowd... They're chanting, they, the entire women's locker room comes out and everyone is chanting for Oscar. Brilliant stuff. I'm glad that they remembered her. Do you know what I mean? She's not been doing much for months now. She's lost matches. And I thought how over she still is is just a testament to how great the woman is. And I thought when they do this, they announce this battle royal for later on in the, mat, in the night, Oscar had to win the match. A triple threat match between Oscar and... Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair is going to be brilliant. I'm not a big fan of ladder matches. I just like playing wrestling matches with a good story, to be honest with you. But I think TLC match, it might help them, it might not. It should be a great match. This match, I'm sorry, get it on as the main event. It is the most anticipated match on the show. Yeah, Brian and AJ possibly. But this match should be the main event of the show. Don't give it Braun and Corbin. Let's test this for WrestleMania. Becky, Charlotte, Oscar, main event of TLC. Let's do it. Um, I'd say Becky Lynch has a great line to Charlotte about copying her dad and now copying her being the man. Uh, Charlotte does well in a promo. She shows a bit of a heel tendency in there, which was good that she hadn't just reverted back to the smiley, happy, not much to say Charlotte Flair. Um, Becky so over... She's the hottest star in the company right now. Um, it's brilliant. It's, a lot of people didn't like how they was booking Becky as a heel at first. And they kept fighting, turning her back baby face. But it's worked out. She's the most over wrestler in the company right now. And it's great. It's just what women's wrestling in WWE needed. They needed, they had like people who were over like Oscar, like Charlotte, Rondi. But now Becky Lynch, she's like... 
she's like the hero that the company didn't want in story. Do you know what I mean? They've got the, I don't know, the Daniel Bryan from 2014-2014 in there. Becky Lynch, she's the crowd favourite. Everyone cares about Becky Lynch and it's great. I think in years to come we'll be looking back at this series point in time and talking about how great Becky Lynch was. Everyone loves Becky Lynch, don't they? She deserves it. I'd say at WrestleMania last year, I went to SmackDown in New Orleans and Becky was in the pre-show dark match. That is hard to believe. She wasn't even on the show, I don't think. She was in the pre-show dark match at SmackDown. And some reason, my TV has decided to turn on. Tell you what, back in a sec. People say you can't be professional all the time. Let me go and turn this TV off. I'm going to blame my cat. My cat turned that on. Right, TV's off, TV's off, let's get back into Smackdown, sorry about that, I would cut it out because it's not very professional, but hey, I'm only human. Right, so what were we talking about, we were talking about Becky Lynch, yeah, she was on the pre-show dark match in New Orleans for Smackdown, that was what, April, we're now start of December coming into, so it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight months ago. She's on the pre-show. Can you imagine Becky Lynch on the pre-show dark match? Now, it just wouldn't happen. Do you know what I mean? They'd be putting her in the post-show dark match to try and keep people there for 205 Live. Do you know what I mean? And now, now look at her. Anyway, so next, <laughs> next, Big Show separates from the bar. Punches Cesaro in the face. That didn't last long. I'm sure by now they're just having a laugh about turning him babyface and heel. Splitting him up from people. At, they should have just kept them together. It was, it was fine. Do you know what I mean? There's just, there's just uh, anyway. The Usos against the Bar was next. Now this match, this match was really good. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't really paying much attention to it. I think I was on on my phone looking at Twitter, and I was I put my phone down and watched this match. It was really good. There was lots of near falls. They were going, they were all out for this match. They've got really good chemistry together, the two teams, I felt. The Usos, they've been nowhere for the last, what, six months? They've just not really been anywhere. It's great to see them back in a few with Cesaro and Sheamus. The Usos get the win clean in this match. They've got to put them on the TLC show, have them open the show, go out there for 15, 20 minutes and tear the house down. I mean, I love tag team wrestling. Get this match on the show, and I think they will. I think they will. Because there was a great tag team match at TLC last year, if you remember. It was, I feel like, I think it was a four-way match. Um, I know that Rusev and Aiden English were in there, and that was the moment they should have put the titles on Rusev and Aiden English. Um, they were so, I think it was with the New Day Usos and probably another team at the time. But they were so over in that match. That was a great match. So hopefully we can have another great match from the tag team Smackdown, Smackdown tag team division at TLC. Next, see... Do you know what I'm just going to, next I'm going to go to an AJ Styles promo, right? So the old SmackDown has gone with an opening segment between the most over woman in the company. You then had a really good tag match and you transitioned in that with your number one contender in a promo. Compare that to Raw and you've got bits in between the B. If this was Raw, you'd have a Tyler Breeze, Mojo Rawley classic in between these segments to break it up, which kills your overall opinion of the show for me. So anyway, so we had an AJ Styles promo. It was a really good promo. He talked about how when he was first won the WWE Champion, he knew that he'd have a target on his back. He didn't realise the target would be around his balls. But uh, that's the way it's worked out. Nakamura targeted it. Daniel Bryan's now targeted it. I'm sure other people have. Um, sounds strange talking about that, but whatever. So he recaps everything that's happened. He tells Bryan to make sure he brings the WWE title to TLC. Really good promo by AJ. I would have liked to have seen an appearance from Brian just to keep the momentum of this heel turn going. But Brian came out, did a great promo last week. AJ's done another one this week. I'm sure they'll have a face-off next week. That'll lead into TLC. So, yeah, so Brian wasn't on the show. Um, but, yeah, AJ Styles cuts a really good promo here. Um, next, we have Nakamura against Rusev. Just before the bell, Nakamura hits a brutal knee to Rusev. Beats him down. Hopefully, these two have another match on pay-per-view. They had a match just before WrestleMania on pay-per-view, which was all right. 
They had a, I really I thought they had match of the night, not that that says much. Match of the night at Crown Jewel, really good match. So hopefully they have another match here at TLC. I'm all for that. Rusev, he's over, yep. But he just didn't strike when it was hot, did they, with Rusev? I don't know why they split Aiden English up with Rusev. Absolute idiots. Should have kept it going. They was great together. Now, what was the point in that? To fill up TV for a few weeks. Absolutely ridiculous decision to split up Rusev and Aiden English. It was typical WWE. You've got to break everyone up. There's no need. They're brilliant together. Now, the if they're worse off apart, don't split them up. But they have split them up. Nakamura, Rusev, TLC, put this match on the show. Let's go. Um, next, we've they've been building up this Jeff Hardy 20th anniversary segment all night. A part of me was thinking, are they gonna, they're going to retire Jeff Hardy here. They had the, the rumours of that he was seriously injured. And I thought, are they going to retire him? But they had them, everyone out from the roster. A great video package. This is used to bring out Joe. Joe comes out. He talks about Hardy having alcohol problems. This was a going great. I thought, yes, brilliant segment. And it just ends. Nothing. This, they needed to make this have a beatdown, have a memorable segment. People would have remembered this 20th anniversary Hardy segment. But it just sort of ended when it was going so well. Um, so these two were obviously going to face off at TLC, you'd think. My only problem with this is they had a match on SmackDown three weeks ago where Joe won clean in a very short match. If you if you know you're going to go into a feud, don't do that. But they probably didn't know they was going to go into a feud because as much as people like to convince themselves WWE book months in advance, they don't. They book week to week. And if you can't see that, then you want your head reading. They clearly book week to week. Sure, they might have your main event in their mind, what they're aiming for down the road, but everything else is week to week. Anyway, so yeah, so I tell you what I've noticed just from reviewing this, SmackDown seems to have a lot of potential matches for TLC. They've obviously got Brian AJ, Cesaro, Sheamus, Usos, you'd expect. They've got the women's triple threat. They're building up Nakamura, Rusev, Next, they're building up Mysterio Orton. Um, I'm not going to get into it. Orton has a brutal beatdown on Mysterio again. So, yeah, they're building Mysterio Orton. Some of these matches aren't going to make the show. And I'd sooner... I'd see, to be honest, actually, SmackDown could have had a really good just SmackDown-branded pay-per-view with the feuds that they're building up here. But, obviously, they've got to get Raw on the show. There's the mix match talent, mix match challenge final on the show. So yeah, you might get four of those matches that they're building up on SmackDown on the show if you're lucky. Um, I really hope they add the Usos versus the Bar match. That's the one for me. I want added more than anything. Mysterio Orton, I can take or leave it. I've seen it so many times, but I'm sure it'll be good. It'll be fine. But yeah, get these matches on the show. Um, so yeah, so after see, there's been no filler on this show. Because next is the main event, the Battle Royal. Do you know what I mean? This show has been an opening promo from the hottest women in the company. A really good tag team match. A promo from your number one contender. Two really good mid-carders having, bringing on the feud together. Hardy 20th anniversary segment. Build to Mysterio Orton. A Battle Royal to determine the number one contender. Everything on that show matters. Now, they might not always have great booking on SmackDown. A lot of people shit on Road Dog. And it, it, some of the stories don't make sense. But every segment, usually on the show, is significant in some way or another. Whereas on Raw, you've got countless filler. Raw's the filler show, SmackDown's the action show. And it's been that way for a while now. So, yeah, so Oscar wins the Battle Royal. Sonya Deville did herself a lot of credit, a lot of self, well, whatever. Sonya Deville did really well in this match. I thought she did a lot of good for herself. And the match ends when Oscar eliminates Sonya Deville. So, yeah, Sonya does well in this match. Another point of the match, Mandy Rose hits a great knee on Oscar. I'm sure she made contact, strong contact with her, but nonetheless, Oscar's a big, tough bloke, isn't she? She's no messing about with Oscar. Not bloke, big, tough woman. No messing with Oscar. She wins this battle royal. That match is going to be brilliant. Oscar, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, TLC, bring it on. So, yeah, that was your SmackDown show. I'm going to go. Do you know what? I'd probably, if there'd have been a really good match on the show, do you know what? 
it was a really good addition of SmackDown. I sod it, two ticks, two ticks for that SmackDown. Really good show. And I hope everyone else enjoyed the show as much as me. Could have done with a great match on the show, but we had the, the Bar Usos, which was good. Really good show. So anyway, so yeah, so we've gone over Raw, we've gone over SmackDown. Raw was... Mm, wasn't the best show. A lot of filler. SmackDown was a much better show. We finally, after, after Survivor Series, we had three bad shows or average shows. SmackDown nailed it here for me. Right, so we're going to get into now the awards. Well, not awards. We're just going to go into the winner of the week, the loser of the week, and the match of the week. Winner of the week for me, Oscar. She starts the week. She's just another woman. She's in the background. When they first came out to open the show, they actually came out to Naomi's music, but the crowd, they're chanting for Oscar. That's who they want. She gets a huge pop. She's now gone from pretty much nothing to potentially main event in TLC. She is the winner of the week. The loser of the week is the glorious one. Love a bit of branding. Bobby Roode. He loses his tag team title match for his team because someone took a slash on his robe. That, for you American listeners, a slash is what we say for a urinating over here in England. Someone urinates on his robe and he loses the tag team match. Bobby Roode is your most overhealing NXT 18 months ago. And now look at him. AOP, your most over tag team, and they're in this stupid match. Bobby Roode, loser of the week. Sorry, Bobby. Match of the week. It was between two matches. Raw, Rollins, Ziggler, SmackDown, Usos, Bar. I'm just going to go to Rollins, Ziggler because I can't get over enough how much I love that he won with the Superplex Falcon Arrow. He won with his secondary move. That is what we want to see. Just as an example, you know Randy Orton, his um, second rope DDT. I'd have him win with that sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Just have him win with that. Gets the move over more than it already is. It's already over. Get it over more than it can win matches. Rollins Ziggler wins match of the week. Usos versus The Bar narrowly misses out. So yeah. We've got Oscar winner of the week. Bobby Roode loser of the week. Rollins versus Ziggler match of the week. Right. After the break we're going to be getting into the big topic of the week. The NXT UK story, there's loads going on with this story, we've got Walter who signed with WWE, big signing, love to see him on the main roster, it's a shame he's not going to be on the independents in the UK, we're going to get into that, we've got a tweet from Osprey about the situation, we're going to talk about Progress's involvement in the situation, going to be talking about everything NXT UK Blackpool takeover Pete Dunn's commented on the situation we're going to get in all of that after the break we've got a great Chris Jericho story for you we have got your NXT spoiler free lineup then we are going to talk about one match that's happening at NXT Phoenix takeover but we're going to talk about the NXT lineup for the next few weeks of the spoilers we're going to be talking about other news and notes from the world of professional wrestling We've got, we're going to talk a little bit, only briefly, because we did the review in the episode 2. Quick plug, go and check out episode 2, where we talk all about New Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag League. We feature the first days 1 to 5 on the show. Go and check that out, download the show. Love a quick plug before the halftime break. Yep, so we're going to talk briefly on New Japan Pro Wrestling. We've got everything, every news, everything that's gone on in the world of pro wrestling this week. If you've missed it, if you don't have time to sit on Twitter all week, like me, the loser that I am. We've got everything for you. Every piece of news is going to be talked about after your half-time tune. Speak to you in the second half. Enjoy this one.
welcome back to the second half of the Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. This second half, as I said, we're going to talk about pretty much everything, but there's only really one place that we can start, and that is the main story of the week, which is NXT UK. So over the weekend, the NXT UK wrestlers have signed new contracts, which will not allow them to wrestle for the majority of the UK promotions. The promotions that are affiliated with WWE, i.e. Progress, i.e. ICW, Fight Club Pro, OTT, they are still allowed to wrestle for these companies. However, which is the big talking point, they are not allowed to be on the on-demand services, the streaming services, or any DVDs that are produced from these companies, which basically... It eliminates them from progress, ICW and OTT, because they're not they're driven by their on-demand services and DVD sales. They're not going to have wrestlers in stories that can't be featured on these on-demand streaming services. So, unless you say the rumor is progress are going to strike a deal with WWE for the WWE Network, they possibly already have. So that might not be the case for them. But for everyone else, they're basically losing all the UK talent. Um, the following wrestlers are probably affected by this. Obviously, your Pete Dunns, your Tyler Bates, Trent Seven, they're the main ones, but they was pretty much branching into NXT anyway. Obviously, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, and then you've got your Eddie Dennis's, Dave Mastiffs, Jordan Devlins, James Drake, Zach Gibson, El Ligero, Mark Andrews, Joseph Connors, the Coffee Brothers, Wolfgang, Travis Banks, Flash Morgan Webster. I think I'm possibly Millie McKenzie so as you can see this is an ambush you can't remember an ambush like this for a very long time WWE are basically taking at least 20 of the top wrestlers from the UK scene and stopping them from wrestling anywhere in the UK now I'm really not sure how to feel about this I am a big UK independent fan like a lot of people I've been annoyed this week about it, but I've been thinking about it quite a lot, and it's it's who's to blame for this. Obviously, you're going to say WWE, but at the end of the day, WWE are legally signing slash poaching these wrestlers for their company and paying for them, so they're not actually doing anything wrong. Some people may say they owe it to the independent scenes to protect the independent scenes. They're producing these wrestlers for them, which I completely understand. Do you know what I mean? That's a fair argument. WWE shut down all these UK territories, which they're not going to shut them down, but they're going to try by the looks of it. Then where are these wrestlers going to come from? Because they're not going to come from the performance centres. We've already established in NXT in the US. Who's coming from there? You, you what, your Braun Strowman's and do you know what I mean? Who else? Charlotte Flair. They're not producing loads and loads. The top stars on NXT are all, for the most part, UK not UK, indie talent. So I think they're taking a risk by doing this, but it's the frustrating thing is, right, so the UK independent scene is brilliant. Do you know what I mean? It's the alternative for people who aren't into WWE. It's fantastic, and it's just been ripped away from people. Obviously, your promotions will, they will go on. Do you know what I mean? It's not the end of the world. I may be over-exaggerating. It's not the end of the world, but to take all these top guys away, it's just going to affect it big time. I mean, Pete Dunne, he's tweeted, what's he tweeted? He's tweeted saying, British wrestling's safe, we'll continue to grow. The talent pool is deep. Your favourite wrestlers are achieving their goals and taking steps in their career. Don't believe everything you read. Brit Rez is alive and well. I can see where he's coming from. You, you can't blame the wrestlers for this. At the end of the day, it's their job. They're going to go where the money is. And that is WWE. Simple. It's simple as that. You can't blame the wrestlers. I've seen people tweeting the wrestlers. I think it's just anger. The initial anger about it. But you can't really blame the wrestlers. It's not fair on that. They've worked their asses off. Do you know what I mean? There's no need to go in on the wrestlers. Um, a few people I've seen are angry at the Jim Smallmans of this world. Who is basically been the middleman between progress and WWE, he's the progress owner, slowly from years ago, William Regal's creeped in, he's signing guys, progress is essentially, to me, basically, I don't even know, what is progress going to be, as soon as anyone gets any good in progress from this point forward, WWE are going to take them, 
So your progress is essentially your OVW UK. I'm going to say it. People might not like it. Progress fans and are passionate about that company, but it's OVW UK. That's what it's going to become. Unless they can get this deal on the WWE Network, which they could have. But if they don't, that, I'm afraid, is probably what Progress is going to become. And as I say, I'm not the number one Progress fan, but they've had a lot of great stuff over the years. Your Marty Skrull storylines, your Jimmy Havoc storylines, Progress. They've been a big part of this UK boom, and Smallman, as much as he, he's done a good job, but a lot of people are angry at him. I'm not really sure if that's the right thing to, to be angry at him. Um, I say it's just... It's, I think it's more sad. I think the realisation that it's possibly the end of an era for people is getting people annoyed. But there is enough talent out there to keep it going. You've got your David Stars, your Chris Ridgeways, Mark Haskins. They're going to keep the scene going over here in the UK. There's plenty of others. But for me, I'm just going to take a quick example. I don't know what people think about this, right? But I'm not sure if she signed for WWE. But for an example, you've got Millie McKenzie, who's a really good wrestler, right? She's 18 years old. She needs four or five years on the independent scene, getting her experience. She's gone over to Japan recently. She That is great for her. She will improve so much from that. If it turns out she's with WWE NXT UK, what is she going to learn, right, from having a night every month or every two months, a night of TV tapings where she might get a match or two. She's not going to get the match experience. Do you know what I mean? She's already had a lot of matches. She's great. She's absolutely brilliant. I've watched her main event Fight Club Pro shows, but she just... I could. You want her to be out there every night if possible. And if people like NXT UK signing these wrestlers, then that possibly won't be the case. So, yeah, another big story to do with this NXT UK is the fact they have signed probably the hottest talent on the independent scene at the moment. They have signed Walter. Now, if you've not seen Walter, which I find hard to believe at this stage, go and watch him. He's brilliant. He's a throwback. He's your big, strong guy. He's he's just brilliant. He works wrestling the way, in my opinion, wrestling should be worked. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, he could have gone straight to the main roster, straight to NXT in the US anyway. Um, but the story is that he wants to stay in Europe. He lives in Germany. Uh, he wants to stay in Europe, stay around here. So he signed with NXT UK. As I don't think a lot of people have ambitions to get to NXT, to get to WWE. I'm not sure if that's the case for Walter. So yeah, so I think we've gone into pretty much everything that we know about the story with the NXT UK wrestlers. So they're not probably not well they're not going to be able to be on your show so it's tough Trent Seven's a part co-owner I think of Fight Club Pro so I'm not sure what's going to happen with that that should be interesting I'm, I'm actually incidentally at the Fight Club Pro 100th show tonight in fact I'm recording the second half of this show before I go I'll be at the show tonight be interested I'm sure he'll be there he's announced to be there um, so that's going to be interesting really to see who's wrestling on the show, do you know what I mean? We'll find out if this streaming deal, where they're not allowed to be streamed or released on DVDs, is true because a lot of these wrestlers are scheduled to be there tonight. So if they're not in matches, then I guess we'll I guess we'll see a lot tonight. That Fight Club Pro show, I'm really excited. I love Fight Club Pro. It's a brilliant promotion. I'll still support them, even though half of these wrestlers will be gone. As I say, there's other wrestlers. Do you know what I mean? You never be short of indie wrestlers. So, it's not too much to get upset about. It is, it's, do you know what I mean? It's a big deal, but as Pete Dunn said, UK wrestling will keep going. It'll keep going. People like me support it. People like you support it. So, I'm going to point you in the direction of the number one for me. The best wrestling UK promotion. Go and watch Rev Pro. Google Rev Pro. Go on the website. Sign up for their on-demand service. Show your support to Rev Pro. They are brilliant. They're Basically, an affiliate of New Japan, you get wrestlers like Ishii, Suzuki. Ishii's the current champion at the moment. Suzuki coming over. Sabre Jr. is always wrestling for them. You've got Osprey. Rev Pro's fantastic. You've got great UK talent there. You've got Josh Bodum. You've got great wrestlers like that who are there. Aussie Open, they're always there. Chris Brooks. Check out Rev Pro. I can't speak highly enough about the company. They're absolutely brilliant. 
Uh, Andy Quilden's actually the owner. Well, I think he's part of the owner. He's got a great podcast with Andy Boy Simmons that I listen to. So just go and check out Rev Pro. If you want to support, if you don't want to support NXT UK, go and check out Rev Pro. They're brilliant. However, I'm not going to slag off people that support NXT UK. As I say, there's nothing wrong with it. A lot of people are probably not. They're not too happy about NXT UK over here so but a lot of people are there's a big split at the moment amongst people and i'd say i'm smack bang in the middle i'll go and watch nxt uk as half of my the wrestlers that i've watched the last few years wrestle for them i'm happy for them i want to see how they progress so yeah i'll be watching nxt uk i'll also be supporting the uk appendance so yeah just support wrestling do you know what i mean there's no point in everyone being down about it it's what happens it's just i think it's because it's so many wrestlers at once leaving the uk scene to go over i think that's why it's such a big talked about topic this week um a tweet from osprey which made me laugh he tweeted out saying is there anyone that he can wrestle obviously your ospreys your zack saber juniors as far as we know they have no interest in going to wwe they they've always wanted to be in new japan and be an indie wrestler so every credit to them as i say we're, we're lucky two of the for me osprey and saber and you Pete Dunne are probably the top three UK wrestlers. So if we can still have Osprey and Sabre on the scene, it'll be fine. Do you know what I mean? Them two are absolutely brilliant. So yeah, so I think we've covered pretty much everything we can on there um, that you might not know. There's not much more I can get into. I'm sure some of you are upset by the stage. Keep plodding along. Support wrestling. Check out Rev Pro. You'll be fine. So actually, we're going to talk about NXT UK. And while they're putting matches like this on, I'll be watching. Pete Dunne versus Jordan Devlin from this week's NXT UK was absolutely fantastic. Go and watch this match. It's a brilliant main event. It's one of the hottest crowds for a match you'll see in quite a while, really. They was buzzing for this match. A lot of you might... You'll all have heard of Pete Dunne, obviously. However, Jordan Devlin, not many of you will know... He don't really. I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves, but he's in NXT UK now, so he's probably going to. He this was his outcoming performance in WWE. He had one of the best matches all year for me in WWE. Brilliant! So happy for him. The guy is absolutely fantastic. So yeah, go and check out Pete Dunne versus Jordan Devlin's NXT UK match from this week. Brilliant match, right? So as well as that, we've had the NXT tapings oh sorry about that i think i'm coming down the cold your nxt tapings were this week so if you don't want to hear about it i'd skip a minute or two now so i'm going to be talking about it. i'm not going to spoil everything and carrie zane is ill with hand foot and mouth she believes so she wasn't at the tapings which sort of put a halt to the story between zane Io Shirai, dakota dakai and obviously the mma girls um, NXT, Phoenix, they've had a change in the direction. Bianca Belair is the number one contender and will be facing Shayna Baszler for the NXT women's title at NXT Phoenix TakeOver. I think it's Phoenix, yep. So, yes, yeah, so that should be interesting. Maybe they'll build this um, the Zayn Baszler story towards the show in... Well, I shouldn't know because I'm going in New York, Brooklyn. They might just take that feud towards there which wouldn't be the worst thing um so i'm gonna run through the matches on nxt over the next few weeks i'm not gonna spoil them for you i'm just gonna list some of the matches you're going to see which is a pretty good lineup uh matt riddle against punishment martinez that'll be punishment martinez is i believe his debut in nxt always like punishment martinez these last few years you can see just from watching Ring of Honor, he was always going to go to WWE. He's got the look. He just looks like a WWE wrestler. He's good. He can go in the ring. I'm a big Martinez fan. So, yeah, so he faces Matt Riddle. You had, which was interesting, Tyler Breeze on the NXT. Good for him. Good for Tyler Breeze. I'm glad to see him back in NXT. He faces Ricochet for the North American title. So, that should be a good match. Um, we've got Johnny Gargano against Alistair Black in a steel cage match. So that should be good. I'm going to spoil something for you now. So, as I say, skip if you don't hear. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa pretty much reunite in this cage match. They help each other. They hit a few of the tag moves on Alistair Black. So, yeah, interesting to see where that goes. Possibly a triple threat match. 
at the next NXT takeover. They were meant to do that, weren't they, in August at the takeover. So, yeah, that'd be good. So, yeah, that there your NXT lineups for the for the next coming weeks. We've talked about NXT UK. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk now. Going to run through some other notes that are knocking about. Um, Revolution Pro, they've announced that Pac, otherwise known as Neville to WWE fans, will be facing Zack Sabre Jr. on the 6th of January at the London Cockpit. That'll be a cracking match, won't it? Sabre against Pac. Sabre could actually be the British heavyweight champion at that point after he faces Ishii for the title at the Tokyo Dome two days before. So, January 4th, he's facing Ishii. He's flying across the world to face Pac on January the 6th, so that'll be interesting. Um, speaking of New Japan, just quickly, um, the World Tag League, as you all know, is going on at the moment, and top of the top two at the moment in the World Tag League are Evil and Sonada, who are 5-1, and one, and Tomohiro Ishii and Yano, who are also 5-1, and one. so no surprises there, as we all thought Evil and Sonada would go on and do well with that. That is yet to be seen. Um, another note that's interesting. I'm sure you're going to be delighted by this one. The Big Show. He has signed a new multi-year deal with WWE. I've not seen much news on this, actually. But, yeah, Big Show has signed a multi-year deal with WWE. You've got... As I say, at the moment, he looks like he's been limping to the ring. This is just a hamstring injury. I don't think it's anything to do with anything too serious. So, yeah, Big Show signed a new multi-year deal. Just think of all the heel and face turns we can see during this period. Fantastic. Just what we want. Um, I'm going to read out a James Ellsworth statement as we're running through the news. Um, Ellsworth has issued a statement on the... Well, I don't even know what you'd call it. On the allegations he faced recently. Um, I'm going to read this out. Um, Ellsworth has said... A lot of allegations of misconduct have been lodged against me. I categorically deny. I never have nor ever will engage in any activity that could be deemed as inappropriate or disrespectful. My delay in publicly commenting on this situation was based on the advice of my legal team. Uh, blah, 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 blah. My only team, my only hope is to restore my reputation as I, along with my family, friends and supporters, have suffered because of a social media stunt devised to end my professional wrestling career. My team and I are prepared to pursue legal action against any party that persists with the promotion of these lies. So yeah, so that's Ellsworth. He's taken a strong stance about that. As I say, we can't... You just don't know the full story with these things, do you? I've seen a lot of people accused of this, and it's obviously the messages are out there, but... I'm not really going to give my opinion on that because it's, it's just not worth it. Do you know what I mean? Ellsworth, I don't want to ruin someone's career, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, last night, I don't know if any of you saw this, JBL. We've not heard from that guy in a while, have we? He was abusively tweeting Cody Rhodes last night. I think JBL was probably pissed up um, on his 52nd birthday. And what did you do on your 52nd birthday? You log on to Twitter... And abuse someone. That is what goes on these days. It's very embarrassing. It's like the grandma, grandparents that are just embarrassing. What are they doing on social media? Abusing the talented Cody Rhodes. He randomly abuses Cody. Says that he can't beat JBL. Neither could his dad. Bizarre thing to do on your 52nd birthday. But hey, JBL. Sure, I knew he'd creep back through at some point. Lovely. Anyway, so I promise you this Chris Jericho story. Now, I read this last week. It is a brilliant story. So I'm just going to read it out the best that I can, right? So just, just listen to this, right? So Jericho, Vince, Cena, Kofi Kingston, and John Laurinaitis. Back in 2010, they're on a flight, flying from Nashville to Phoenix for a press conference for that year's WrestleMania. So on this flight, they're all drinking, right? By the time the four-hour flight lands, they're all drunk. They're all in a bag drunk state, according to Jericho. So Kofi, he gets up to leave, and Vince goes to Kofi. Maybe you'll get over one of these days, kid. Sorry about that. Kofi ignores it. Jericho then goes to Kofi. And he tells him to get back on that plane and challenge Vince to a fight right there. Jericho says to him, if you don't, he'll know that he can walk all over you whenever he wants. Whereas if you challenge him, he'll love and respect you for it. 
Uh, Jericho notes that he wasn't ribbing about this at all. So Kingston thinks about it for a few seconds, as I think I would as well. He goes back to Vince and Kofi says to Vince, Do you have a problem with me? Vince looks at him surprised and he says, Maybe I do, kid. Sorry about that again. Do you want to do something about it? So, that's bad Vince with my accent, Mark. Anyway, Vince looks at him and says, Do you want to do something about it, kid? I think I'm better off just reading it. Kofi goes, Do you want me to do something about it? And in the middle of the of the sentence, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, according to Chris Jericho, goes for a double leg on Kofi Kingston. They both go down to the floor, roll about, and Vince starts laughing and goes, that's the way to do it, kid, and gets off the plane. What a story. You can just picture it, can't you? You've got a fly, everyone's smashed, and Vince McMahon and Kofi Kingston are rolling a brow. Brilliant stuff. Wish I'd have been on that flight. I don't know what Cena was doing in this. No mention of Cena, but still, that is a brilliant story from Chris Jericho. Right, so I think I've run through all the news, really. There's not a lot going on, actually, except the NXT UK story. I've tried to give my opinion on that. I don't want to be too harsh about it on any party, because WWE, they're obviously going to do this. Can't blame them. You can't blame the wrestlers, because they're going to take the money. And the companies, you can't... i tell you what, though, one thing I will say. I wonder if WWE will be able to do this in Japan. I'm not so sure if New Japan would take this lying down, roll over and let you tickle the tummies, but that'll be... We'll wait to see on that one. So, everyone, just just, just support independent wrestling. Go on, just do it. Do you know what I mean? Watch NXT UK, just support everyone. Wrestling's brilliant. So, yeah, we went through the NXT spoilers for you. Obviously, the... I'm going to say, spoiler alert, Gargano and Ciampa reuniting, um, the New Japan World Tag League, Evil and Sonada, Ishii and Yano top. Big Show signs a new deal, we've got Pack against Sabre Jr. in Rev Pro, we've read out the Ellsworth statement, we've read out JBL being an idiot, and a great Chris Jericho story, so I think that's pretty much wraps up this week in wrestling for your wrestling newspaper, um, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, before I go, what am I doing this weekend? Well, in a few hours after I've recorded this, I will be dr- making the 100 mile or so drive to the hangar in Wolverhampton to watch Fight Club Pro's 100th show. Big Fight Club Pro fan, I enjoy going to watch the show, so yeah, I'm driving to Wolverhampton for that. I will probably try and do a review on that early next week. I'll, pub- I'll possibly do a few live tweets while I'm there, so check at Wrestle News P A P R on Twitter for that. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'll just listen to that. Um, I'll be reviewing that. I'll be tweeting about it. The last time I went there, it took seven hours to get there. The hundred miles, the traffic on the M6 for you UK listeners, it's terrible. I hate the M6 anyway. So that's all right. I'll have my headphones in. I'll be listening to podcasts along the way. Probably my listening material is actually quick plug. The Indie Corner, I'll be listening to them on the way there. And I'll be listening to the Fight Club Pro podcast by, I think Will Cooling does that. I'll be listening to that probably on the way there as well. Um, so, yeah. So, tomorrow, actually, listen to this, right? I'm going to Wolverhampton, which is a 100-mile drive tonight. I'm then making the drive back tonight to where I live. Tomorrow, I'm basically heading back to Wolverhampton, well, 10 miles away with all my mates to go and watch football in Birmingham. So... Could have stayed over in Wolverhampton, but all my mates are on the train tomorrow, so I'm going to be going with them. I'm going to be shattered come Sunday. Hopefully we get the win. Um, Anyway, I'm sure none of you are interested about football, so I don't know why I'm babbling on a bit. So, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the show. We've reviewed Raw. We've reviewed SmackDown. We've talked about NXT UK. I'll be back next week talking about my experience at Fight Club Pro. We've got one of my friends, Sean, from at Thunderpod. He reviewed the, he was at the progress show on monday he's got his point of view about that show that's going to be on the show next week um i'll be back of course next friday with your next edition of the wrestling newspaper where we'll once again review raw review smackdown talk about all your wrestling notes and news run through everything for you so that's it i hope you enjoyed the show as i say i've tried to go into everything i've probably babbled on about stuff but Hey, I've had two coffees ready for this drive. I'm excited. Um, 
Listen next, as I say, I promised at the start of the second half, here is the debut coming up of our new opening theme. I'm Daniel, it's been a pleasure. I will speak to you all next week. See you later. I am the man. This is my yard now. Who wants to walk with Elias? The new Daniel Bryan, the WWE Champion! That's it!